Welcome to episode 237 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This time around, we are looking at Season 11, Episode 5, Ghoulie. The original air date was January 31st, 2018. The average IMDb user score is 8.1 out of 10. And the action primarily takes place in Virginia. It opens with two teenage girls on a ship, and they're calling each other out and each accusing the other of being ghouly. When one crashes through the floor, the two end up in the same room, but instead of seeing each other as they are, they see each other as different kinds of monsters and attack each other, thinking they're in attacking in self-defense. They end up doing quite a bit of damage. An anonymous 911 call manages to save their lives. They both end up hospitalized. And during the course of the investigation, Mulder and Scully find that there's no reason to believe that they know each other, but they do have the same boyfriend, a boy named Jackson Vandekamp. Mulder and Scully go to see Jackson in his home, and they are on edge because, as we will recall from the season one premiere, the name of the family that adopted William is Vandekamp, and Skelly had an intense dream or vision that overlaps with a lot of the details of the visions the girls said brought them to that ship. They're coming because they think that Jackson may be William post-adoption. Just as they arrive, they hear two gunshots and find Jackson's parents dead on the floor with the back door open, they hear another gunshot upstairs, go up and find Jackson dead in his bedroom. Scully takes some hair when they're in the mortuary and talks to him, telling him what she would say if he were William, which she's not convinced of yet. She did take the hair for a DNA sample, which doesn't quite work. I mean... The DNA is not in the strand of hair, it is in the follicles. So that hair wouldn't have done it. And thinking he had a hole in his head, it would have been easier to run the DNA test with the blood anyway. I suspect that's there because Jackson's death is an illusion that Jackson forces them to have. There really was no blood. So after he zippered up pre-autopsy, but post Scully's inspection... He just unzips the body bag from inside, gets up, and walks away. And Mulder and Scully do realize this, and as they're in his room, they realize that he's part of Project Crossroads, which, in this episode, is about combining alien and human DNA in a series of experimentations like that, in a project that was ended, as Skinner later reveals, because the results were unpredictable. In fact, Skinner is surprised that Mulder is already as aware of Project Crossroads as he is, but Mulder read that on Jackson's laptop. The cigarette smoking man is also not expecting Mulder to have this much information. He was seen in Skinner's office hoping that Mulder could lead them to Project Crossroads. Ultimately, we find out that it was actually DOD agents that killed Jackson's parents, and not Jackson, as the police suspect, and they are still trying to kill Jackson themselves, because he is evidence of their failed experiment. Jackson does manage to escape by taking on the appearance of the pickup artist, the author of a book titled The Pickup Artist that Mulder finds in his room, and he even has a chat with Scully in this false identity a couple of times. 
And the episode ends with Mulder and Scully in a gas station realizing who it was that they really spoke to and seeing him on the security cameras. So they now know that baby William is alive and out there in the person of Jackson Van de Kamp. So knowing that, it's quite clear how this fits into the larger narrative. And all in all, it is a very good story. The one thing that doesn't really sit right with me is that once they've realized he was Jackson, there appeared to be no attempt to hold him accountable for what he did to his two girlfriends and how he made them attack each other. I'm hoping that that will come up later. This episode was written and directed by James Wong. Now, Wong will be involved as producer throughout the series. This is not going to be the last episode he directs. This is his third of four directing jobs for The X-Files, but it is his last of his 17 scripts for the series. Miles Robbins plays Jackson Van de Kamp. This is not his final appearance in the series. Sarah Jeffrey plays Brianna Stapleton. This is her first appearance in the series, but not her last. At the time of this recording, she's got 20 acting credits to her name. Best known for her work in Across the Line, The Rebooted Charmed, Shades of Blue, and Wayward Pines. Madeline Arthur plays Sarah Turner. Again, her first appearance in the X-Files, but not her last. She's got 23 acting credits to her name and counting at the point of this recording. She is best known for her work in Big Eyes, To All the Boys I've Loved Before, and The Family. Luis Ferrara plays Detective Costa. This is his only X-Files appearance. He's got 137 acting credits to his name, still active at the time of this recording, best known for his work in Shooter, Saw 4, Motive, and Stargate Universe. Ben Cotton makes his first appearance in the X-Files as Mr. Paulson. It is not going to be his last. He has 164 acting credits to his name. He's still active today and is best known for his work in Chronicles of Riddick, Stargate Atlantis, Slither, and Stan Helsing. Zach Santiago plays Mr. Green. Again, it's his first X-Files appearance, but not his last. He also plays Cross in Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, The Senior Agent and Shooter, 7 and 100, and Marcos Fuentes in Hell on Wheels. Francois Chao plays the persona of the pickup artist. So he's the alter ego Peter Wong that Jackson adopts to blend in. This is his only X-Files appearance, 131 credits to his name, still active today, best known for his work in Rescue Dawn, Lost, the Amazon Prime version of The Tick, and The Expanse. Naturally, The Cigarette Smoking Man is played by William B. Davis. This is not his final appearance as The Cigarette Smoking Man, and certainly not his first. It is, in fact, his 42nd appearance. Cameron Forbes makes his only X-Files appearance as Dr. Harris. He's got 20 acting credits to his name. At the time of this recording, his most recent credit is in the first season of the rebooted Twilight Zone. That's from 2019. This is being recorded in July 2020 when a lot of productions have shut down. So I assume he is still working today or doing his best to do so in the current climate. He is best known for his work in Death Note, Bates Motel, The X-Files, and Supergirl. Sunita Prasad plays Dr. Alia Schultz. This is her only X-Files credit, though she does have 49 credits to her name and is still active today. She is best known for her work in The X-Files, Supernatural, The Good Doctor, and Unreal. Keith Arbuthnot returns. 
It appears he is the actor inside the Ghoulie costume. This is his third of five appearances in the X-Files. And rounding out the cast, Devin Alexander plays the barista. This is his only X-Files appearance. He's got 25 acting credits to his name. Best known for his work in Arrow, The X-Files, Colony, and Travelers. So overall, it is a very good episode that reconnects us with William. It's the first episode that I didn't watch immediately upon broadcast because I was saving it for the podcast. And honestly, I think if I hadn't done that or made that choice prior to this episode, it would have been very difficult to make after because it does feel like it is ramping things up again. So that said, please follow the link in your podcatcher to leave a voicemail explaining what the X-Files has meant to you. And then come back and join us in two weeks' time when we discuss Kitten. Thank you for listening.